How don't you think you're being a, a little bit shallow here in the way you look at women? Well, uh, no, I mean, you know, I'd like her to be into culture, too. Okay, um, hypothetical situation. Which do you prefer, a girlfriend missing one breast or half a brain? Ooh, toughie. That's a toughie. We've all met people like that. That's from Shallow Hal, guys that are just focused on the physical, totally the physical, and they they have a lot of growing up to do, obviously. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. My show is The Rational Basis of Happiness, and this is an opportunity for you to call in and ask me any question that you would like to ask a counselor or a therapist. It's free advice, and it's not therapy. It doesn't replace therapy, but I am a clinical psychologist, and that's what I enjoy doing most, helping give you some tips that make your day shine a little better or lift some of the burdens that you're carrying. Here's an email I received from Jamie. Dear Dr. Kenner, a few months ago I started talking to a man on the internet. Over the past few weeks he's been saying weird things about his 14-year-old daughter. I saved these talks and brought them to the police, but they're unable to do anything without his last name and such. This week he tells me that he's discovered his 14-year-old is not his daughter. She's been raping and drugging him, and he had to marry her because she's now pregnant. He also said he moved. I think he's lying because I've caught him in lies already. I want this man in prison so bad, but no one will help me find this sicko. All I have is his Yahoo address and a little other information that might help. What do I do? I'm a single mother of three, and when I th think of the things he said, it makes me sick. He's starting to fixate on me and saying that he misses me and wants to see me. What do I do? I need help. Now, I think all of this is terribly scary stuff. I mean, my guess is if someone did this to me, I would feel helpless. I would feel confused. I would get some terrorizing images of what he could do to me or what he might be abusing this daughter or some young girls or whether he's a predator. I would think of the worst news stories I had heard and wonder, oh my God, is he doing that? Could he do it to me? And you need to know that these are very normal reactions when you are being cyber-stalked or cyber-harassed. Now, a few facts, the majority of victims are women, and most of the perps are male. Most of the perpetrators are male. I recommend you write down the following. Go to the website wiredsafety.org, W-I-R-E-D safety, S-A-F-E-T-Y dot org, and, and look up cyber stalking. There's a woman, Parry Aftab, who's the executive director. She was a cyber. She is a cyberspace lawyer. She hosted court TV law centers, uh, their legal hotline, and American Online's legal discussion. She's a mother of two. Here are some tips from that website. She first says, every case of stalking should be taken seriously. This is cyber stalking now. Make it clear, you need to have, in case you want to bring this guy to court and get him in jail, if that's what will follow, you need to keep all of your evidence. You also need to have evidence that you have clearly, unconditionally told him to stop bothering you. You need to have that because if there's a legal case, the other person can say, well, you didn't tell him to stop. Then stop all communication with him. Don't play cop on your own. 
don't give him any negative or positive attention. These stalkers feed off of it. Avoid going into the chat room or online where you met. Change your online identity if you need to. Never give him any personal information. If you've done that, that's even more serious. You put yourself and your kids at risk. You've got three kids. So I would call the police again. Make a report to the police. Again, bring any logs, any emails with you as evidence. They may need this to trace them. Now, on this website, I read a tremendous amount on this website, one of the notes that they put on the website was that many law enforcement departments don't have the training or funding to train their officers in Internet crime. So there are, you do need to find someone who can do this, and that's why I'm giving you this website. Again, the website is wiredsafety.org. W-I-R-E-D-S-A-F-E-T-Y dot org. Or you can, you can also go to, uh, they have a Wired Patrol, cyberstalking at wiredsafety.org. You can talk with them, and maybe they can work with your police department. They do work with police departments, and they encourage you to break the silence. Don't keep this quiet and try to handle it on your own. Also, if you are traumatized, get medical help. Go to your medical doctor or go to a therapist and talk about it. Then you may need that evidence in court, too, that you were in distress. If you just handle it on your own, there's no hard evidence other than your words. Uh, You need to know that there are three types of stalkers, Internet stalkers. One is the obsessional one uh, that thinks they're in love with you or they're, they're obvious they're... They may sound very sweet, but typically they're very emotionally abusive and controlling, and controlling. And sometimes they have a criminal record, totally unrelated to stalking. Then you've got what I think you have: a delusional stalker, someone who's out of their mind, as you say, sicko. They could be schizophrenia. It could be erotomania, which is they believe that you love them, that you have to be together. It could even be a manic phase of bipolar. Usually these are loners. They're unmarried. They're socially immature. This is coming from the website again. They don't have any good per- interpersonal skills, and they haven't had many sexual encounters, and they choose victims who are unobtainable, celebrities, doctors, married women, which you are one, teachers, nurses. So that's the second type of stalker. The third type is the vengeful one. They're angry at real or imagined slights. And this is like the ex-husband who is going to get you back. He's going to stalk you. And that can often, that can not often, but uh, too often turn violent. So there are features of cyber stalking. It's repetitive. You put you in distress. There's no legitimate person purpose. That it's personally directed at you. With the person's disregarded warnings that you where you've said, stop it, and you feel threatened. Uh, and they they think about this. They, there's some premeditation involved. So get help ASAP. Again, wiredsafety.com. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. And coming up, we'll be talking. We have a lot of things on the agenda today, plus your phone calls. They always take priority. My number's toll-free, 1-877-DR-KENNER. That's toll-free, 1-877-DR-K-E-N-N-E-R. Here's a very quick question. Beyond completing college with a bachelor's in psychology, what steps do I need to take to become a clinical psychologist? Thanks. Woo, you definitely want to go to... 
Barnes and Nobles, one of the bookstores, and get a book a book on how to become a, a psychologist, a clinical psychologist. I will tell you that you will need to get an accredited school to get an MD, a master's degree, and then a PhD. Then after you get your PhD, a lot of schooling, that can be six or seven years, then you need to, you, you'll be writing a dissertation, or you can get a PsyD too, which you don't have to write a dissertation, but you'll have a big project. And then you'll go on an internship, just like doctors go on an in, a residency, an internship for one or two years, training in a particular area, maybe with children, it may be with adults, maybe be with the elderly and then you will work under another psychologist and then you'll sit for licensing exams and you'll take state exams uh, so there's a there are a lot of hoops to jump through to get to become a clinical psychologist but if you love it then you will love the whole trip you'll love the whole adventure going through it I don't mean all the whole adventure I certainly didn't love statistics but the adventure of moving in the direction of a career that you can possibly love when we come back I'll be talking about uh, the Man who, woman who's been married for 20 years to a man who doesn't like to hug, hold hands, or kiss. And I'll take your calls and questions toll-free, 1-877-DRKENNER, on the rational basis of happiness. Here's an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by Drs. Kenner and Locke. Think of your love relationship as a garden full of rare and valuable flowers, the most important treasure in your life. Growing a garden isn't possible by just loving it. It has to be cultivated. If you start a garden and then neglect it, the plants will slowly wither and die. Cultivating a garden is an ongoing process requiring continuous thought and action. The same is true of love. If you truly value your partner, how do you show it? Here are seven ways to help you both feel truly cherished. 1. Work to understand your partner. 2. Encourage your partner to pursue his or her values. 3. Communicate constantly. 4. Show concern for your partner's welfare. 5. Show generosity. 6. Make decisions together. And 7. Respect your partner's need for private time. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com. <laughs> 